Welcome to Straight Up Small Business, the podcast for startup and scaling up entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level of profit. I'm Becky Cannon, an accountant turned virtual bookkeeping business owner. I'm super passionate about small business and helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their numbers in order to achieve their goals. If you ever feel confused, unsure, or overwhelmed about the financial side of your business, then you've come to the right place. This podcast covers bookkeeping, finance, and small business topics discussed in a straight-up way. My goal for each bite-sized episode is to inform and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business backed by financial know-how so you can create the business of your dreams. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes, and let's dive in. Before we kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the Bundjalung Nation, whose country I am on while recording this episode. I respect their elders from the past, present, and those emerging as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land. So wherever you're listening to this today, I acknowledge the lands on which you are and those First Nations people who lived and worked there for over 70,000 years. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Straight Up Small Business. This is part two of my key accounting terms you need to know if you're an entrepreneur series. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode where I talked primarily about the profit and loss report and the items that sit on that report, then I encourage you to go back and do so. If you did listen, then I hope you remember what gross profit is and net profit is and that you had a go at calculating them or looking them up in your PL and thinking about how they apply and appear in your own business. So in this episode, I'm going to cover some more terms that reside on the PL report and go into detail uh, regarding the balance sheet report. But first of all, I'm going to dive into the balance sheet because I've sort of decided things are best described in a certain order. So the balance sheet shows a business's financial position at a point in time. It's often overlooked by business owners who prefer to focus on the P&L report, but the balance sheet is just as important as the P&L, if not more important, I would say. Now, there is a nifty formula that is used to sum up how the balance sheet works, and that formula is assets less liabilities equals equity. Now, let me explain all of these terms. An asset is what a business owns. Think cash in your bank account or accounts receivable and trading stock and fixed assets and things that you've paid for that you might get back one day, such as security bonds that you pay for your office space, for example. And in case some of those terms aren't as self-explanatory as maybe I think, let me go a bit further. Accounts receivable refers to invoices that you have sent to your clients or customers that haven't been paid yet. So you're expecting cash to arrive into your bank account, but you haven't received it yet. That's accounts receivable. Trading stock, also known as stock on hand. This is if you're in a goods business, then this will be stock that you have sitting in your warehouse or be that your garage or your spare room that's ready to be sold to your customers. And fixed assets, these are items purchased for long-term use 
that are not likely to be converted quickly into cash, such as buildings, any leasehold improvements you've done if you've fitted out your shop, motor vehicles, furniture, equipment that you use in your business, etc. So hopefully you've got a bit of a feeling what an asset is as opposed to, say, office expenses or postage that you expense up front and don't use over a long period of time. Liabilities are things that a business owes. So assets are what you own, liabilities are what you owe. In terms of liabilities, think accounts payable, any gift cards that you've sold to customers that you're going to have to give them uh, stock for in the future. So you've got a liability to that customer at a future point in time. Any GST payable that you might owe the ATO when your next business activity statement is calculated. Any loans payable that you owe to a bank when you took out a loan and you're going to have to pay that back over time. Any superannuation payable that you'll have to pay when super falls due at the end of the quarter. Any other payables really are liabilities in your business. And just expanding on that accounts payable term that I mentioned, in case it's not totally self-explanatory, accounts payable refers to bills that you've received from suppliers that you haven't paid for yet. So they are an expense, but they're still payable because you haven't, you know, let go of your cash to pay the bill as yet. Therefore, accounts payable sits on the balance sheet. Okay, so I'm sure you can start to appreciate that a business that looks profitable on a P&L report might start to look more complex once the balance sheet is considered, as they might have lots of accounts receivable balances that are long overdue and perhaps may never be collected, or the business might have loans with a bank that far exceed any cash that the business has in its bank accounts, or it might have lots of bills owing to suppliers that far exceed the cash balance in the bank accounts, or it might have a massive GST balance payable to the ATO that far exceeds the cash in its bank accounts. So these are just some examples of you know what to look for in a balance sheet, but some balance sheets are super healthy and there's plenty of cash and no loans and all the rest of it. So it's a different story for every business. A balance sheet is a really important report that should always be read in conjunction with the more popular P&L report to give a true indication of the health of a business. And assets and liabilities can be further distinguished to be current and non-current. So if you see this on a balance sheet, just know that current means that something can become liquid or convertible into cash in the next 12 months versus non-current, which means, you know, it's a it's a longer term view, uh, such as, I don't know, a long term loan for a motor vehicle, for example, that wouldn't be a current liability as opposed to bills or accounts payable, which are highly likely to be due in the next month or so. They are current liabilities. And then we have equity. And as I said earlier, equity is calculated as assets, less liabilities. Equity represents the value that would be returned to the shareholder or shareholders of a business if all of the assets were liquidated and all of the company's debts were paid off. If equity is positive, then the company can be seen to have enough assets to cover its liabilities. And if equity is negative, the company's liabilities exceed its assets. And that is a bit of a problematic situation, especially if it continues. Equity contains current year earnings and prior year earnings. So it's a really valuable indicator of the long-term health of a business compared to a P&L report 
which just shows a 12-month snapshot of the financial performance of a business during that period. They are the key balance sheet terms that I want you to walk away feeling comfortable about. And I encourage you to go and run your balance sheet and have a look at what your business owns, the assets versus what it owes, the liabilities, and to see if your equity balance is positive or negative. And know that this is probably only possible if you are operating your bookkeeping in accounting software like Xero. I doubt if you're doing your bookkeeping in a spreadsheet that you are running a balance sheet. So just be mindful of that if it's not possible for you. So now I want to revert back to a term that actually resides on the PL report, but I didn't want to talk about it in the last episode when I covered the PL because it kind of relates to the balance sheet as well. And this term is depreciation. So depreciation is an expense that sits on the PL report, but it relates to the fixed assets that sit on the balance sheet report. So if you have a company car or a piece of equipment that you use in your business, usually you will have paid more than $1,000 for such items, then these are going to be considered assets of your business that have useful lives. And when you purchase such assets, they should go to the balance sheet rather than your P&L report because one, they're going to completely blow up your profit and loss if you book a $50,000 car to the travel expense line, for example. But two, you're going to use the assets I'm describing for a long period of time. So it makes sense to drip feed the expense of this asset to your business over the time period that you're using it rather than expensing it upfront. And this is where depreciation comes in. Now, your bookkeeper or accountant will more than likely do depreciation for you. So don't get too caught up in this concept thinking that you have to go and be able to calculate it. I just want you to understand it if you see it and not be deterred by thinking this is funny money or beyond you to understand, which is what I think I read in the Profit First book. Like, I think the author just thinks there's no way entrepreneurs can understand this stuff. And it's not true. Depreciation isn't too complicated. And I urge you to try and grasp it if you don't already. So the best example I can give is think that you have, say, gone and bought a car for use in your business and it cost you $50,000. Now, this car would be represented on your company's balance sheet as an asset because it's something you own and it would be considered to have a useful life of eight years. That's just what the ATO says. So don't worry too much about that. But I'm sure reasonably you can assume, yeah, a car has a useful life of eight years, at which time it's assumed you'll probably go and get a new one or that the car has, you know, reduced in value so much that it's probably not worth that much after the eight years. So rather than going and booking a $50,000 expense to your profit and loss on the day that you buy the car, the car will be depreciated over its eight year useful life. And it's the depreciation expense that is booked to your profit and loss report instead of the $50,000. So say $6,250, if I'm to divide $50,000 by eight years per year, rather than $50,000 in the first year. That is all depreciation is. It's not that complicated. It's not that scary. And if you see it on a P&L or somewhere else in life, I hope now you're like, yeah, cool. I know what that is. And lastly, I want to finish up by explaining what the term EBITDA means. 
I didn't think I'd be using this so much in the small business world that I now live in, but I've been asked to produce this metric for clients a couple of times this past year because someone has asked them for their EBITDA figure and they have no idea. So I want to help you to be smarter in business by explaining it for you here today. EBITDA stands for earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization. And now that we know what depreciation means, I think we can explain EBITDA. So just a side note, amortization is the same concept as depreciation, but it applies to intangible assets such as trademarks and licenses, things that you can't hold in your hand, unlike a car or a printer or a piece of equipment, etc. Not many small businesses are going to have uh, amortization expenses on their P&L or intangible assets on their balance sheet. So don't get too sidetracked by this term. Just know that it's like depreciation for assets that have no form and leave it at that. So the EBITDA metric attempts to represent the cash profit generated by the operations of a business by stripping out non-cash expenses such as depreciation and interest. It aims to normalize a company's results so that they can be more easily understood and compared to other businesses on a like-for-like basis. It's more common in the corporate world than the small business world, as I said, but I've been hearing it more and more amongst my clients, so I thought I'd explain it here today. So to work out your EBITDA, you would take the net profit of your business on the P&L report, and then you just add back depreciation, any interest expense you have booked, say on loans that you have in existence, and you'd add back your tax if that has been shown on your P&L report. Then you have your EBITDA if someone ever asks you for it, or if you're having a very boring conversation at you know a cafe with friends, you can, yeah wow them with your acronym knowledge when it comes to business numbers stuff. I'm kidding. Um, Anyway, that brings me to the end of this episode and to the end of my two-part series on key accounting terms every entrepreneur should know. Obviously, it's easier to explain these things when you have the reports I've referred to in front of you, but I hope at least you had one or two penny-dropping light bulb moments if you got to the end of these episodes. And I hope I've inspired you to have a look at these reports in your business and check in with how your business is performing this year and in years past. And I hope I've inspired you to be a bit less scared about words such as equity and depreciation and EBITDA. Your business is only ever going to reach its full potential if you get across your numbers. And you're going to get across them if you're not scared of them and you look at them regularly and try to understand every one. Have a wonderful week and I will catch you for maybe a more exciting episode next time. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. And if you're not already, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is straight up underscore bookkeeping. And if you'd like to know more about how I can help you be successful in running your small business, please check out my website, straightupbookkeeping.com.au for details around my signature bookkeeping and zero course, Bookkeeping It Real, and also my done for you bookkeeping services. Thanks again and see you next week.